0: This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Antoine Ray, and I'll be your host today for this Global Ambitions podcast episode. And today, my guest is Natalie Kelly, uh, VP of Localization at uh, Upspot, And the topic that we're going to be talking about is native content versus localized content today. Natalie, welcome to the program for the first time.
0: Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here, Antoine.
1: We'll get straight into the topic, but I'd be interested to find out, like, we see that trend more and more in the industry where companies are creating native content or content origination, whichever way we call it, versus translating it, you know, or along translating it as well. Can you tell us maybe, because uh, I understand this is something that you guys do already at HubSpot for a number of years, what are the drivers behind this?
0: Yeah. Yes, we have been doing native content in multiple languages for quite a number of years at HubSpot. One of the goals or the drivers is really, you know, the traffic. You know, if you have an SEO driven strategy, and you have a digital marketing playbook, you most likely care about attracting high quality traffic to your site. And so if you're going to do that, it's very hard to do that with localized content alone. Let's say you have an English blog, you could localize all those blog posts, but your English blog posts ideally have been optimized for specific keywords in English. And when you localize them, you're going to lose all of that. Because the person localizing them could localize them in any way that they want. And you might lose the keywords because, number one, those keywords might not be the same in the other languages. In fact, most likely they are not the same. (laughs) So you might actually be picking up some traffic and picking up some keywords, but they won't be the most important keywords for that market. So this is, I think, one of the biggest drivers of native content, at least where blog posts are concerned, is it's more effective at helping people reach their goal, especially if you do an analysis and you see the top keywords that you need to target. You might not have a blog post in English that you can localize for that content because it may be something completely different from what you have in English. So I think a lot of marketers are starting to realize this and it's just faster in many cases to do native content for those posts than to take an English one and try to retrofit it into you know, matching a keyword that you discover in another language that can actually be Mm. more costly, more time consuming.
1: Surely similar to other content, you've probably tried to say, okay, we're not going to translate those keywords. We're going to adapt them or transcreate them, whatever it's called. It's really asking the person to do some market research locally to say, what's the equivalent or is there an equivalent or change it completely for the Japanese market or the German market, right?
0: Exactly. So if you want to hit the top 10 keywords on a given subject for your target audience, you may find that when you do the research, those top 10 keywords have nothing to do with the top 10 in English for your US market or your UK market. In fact, they're going to be different by country too, most likely. So you can't even transcreate the keywords. You can, but that keyword may rank you know, 500th in the list of important keywords for your market. And mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. may be a waste of money to what? transcreate it. I think that's one big reason. The other big driver of native content that I would mention, aside from SEO, is multimedia. Because multimedia can be very hard to localize, especially if you're doing a lot of video content where you need people mm-hmm. on camera who speak the language natively. And you also have to transcreate some of the content for that market, because then you're looking at, okay, do we pay someone to translate this, adapt it, localize all the images, and then hire an on-camera talent to appear on the video in another language? Or should we just hire a person who speaks that language who can help us shape the content the way we want (laughs) and be the on-camera talent? (laughs) So. For some multimedia purposes, it depends on what it is, of course, some multimedia content you can easily localize, Mm -hmm. but others, you might actually be better going down the path of native content, especially if you're doing a lot of it and at scale.
1: Yeah. And regardless of the content, I presume, like whether it's a blog, an article or a, a video, the themes from one country to another that you're trying to push forward might be very different in the States than they are like in France or in Spain, for instance, as well.
0: Yeah. Like with transcreation in general, there will be some content that is going to be more or less universal. When Mm -hmm. I think about like types of marketing content that can easily be localized, I think about like product marketing campaigns. You're probably not going to have to adapt a lot unless you have major gaps in functionality from one market to another if you're doing product marketing campaigns. But if you're doing campaigns for other purposes, it, it gets a little more necessary to have native content depending on what it is so i would say it's important to have native content but that's obviously not going to be the only thing you do usually that's a more advanced thing that companies do after they've been localizing and finding out where the limits of localization are they usually have to add native content into the mix on top of localized content
1: we've seen some companies going like on a very large scale going native content right and To your point earlier on, I guess it's because they see a higher traffic coming through with native content as well. So that might be one strategy there, but I I guess the proof is in the pudding and you guys, are you tracking what converts better? The native content results versus the localized content result, or can we talk about it in those terms?
0: So I think it's very hard to talk about it in those terms because it's not so simple as localized content does better than native or something like that. I know a lot of companies have tried to prove that, and it usually doesn't work because there are so many factors at play for what will convert someone from traffic on your website into a lead. So for example, uh, you might have a localized blog post on the same topic as a native one, but you might have two different offers, and maybe people are more likely to convert based on The offer, or where that call to action is placed on the page, or what current campaign you have running for a discount on that page, or there just could be so many factors that will influence whether or not a page is going to convert at a high rate or not, that it's very difficult to say if it's because it's native or because it's localized. What you can say is this native post is doing a great job of getting people to this page or it's ranking really high, but most companies will never have the opportunity to rank that native page against Mm -hmm. another page for the same exact keyword because they don't want to cannibalize their traffic. So they won't naturally, they won't have two pages that are focused on the same keyword. So it's a little bit of art and science. You know, I think the marketers are in the best position to look at, okay, what content do we have in English? Do we think this could be repurposed for this keyword? And if not, let's commission it to be written natively because that is going to be kind of their call on what they think will perform better. And it could be on the topic. Like, you know, if I'm a Japanese marketer and I want to rank number one for social media tools, a blog post on that, let's say that's the the keyword that we're focused on. I'm probably not going to just localize something that was written for the US market. I probably need a person from the Japanese market to write that post. Now that post could perform really well because that person is well known in that market. Mm. It could be the author that is leading to high traffic. Right. So it might not even be the content. It could be because that person posted it on their Instagram account and they happen to have a million followers. Like there are so many reasons why one piece could outperform another. And it's not always related to the content itself.
1: Tell me as well, because uh, recently I read one of your last blog. I was glad to see you coming back on the bond to Be Global blogs there where you talk about market intensification. Uh, I kind of like that term, you know, when companies are like pushing hard, I guess, into a given market as opposed to market entry, I think was the the other word that was in there. And is that where we see maybe uh, an increase in native content for that given market?
0: I think that's a good call. I hadn't even thought about that in relation to this topic, but yes, if you are intensifying your efforts in a given market, you probably do need to have more native content. Uh, you know it's not just native content. it's having a native brand presence. And sometimes native content is a strategy to achieve a stronger brand in that market through maybe commissioning writers who have a, a reputation, you know and are influencers in that market. Or maybe it's because they are closer to the market and they're better at suggesting topics that they think will resonate locally. Whereas a translator is not going to be able to do that unless they also happen to be a writer or a copywriter or, you know, do this type of work. So I think it's a skill that translators probably could develop more and lean Mm -hmm. into this, especially if they enjoy native copywriting. And we know there are transcreation. There are quite a few firms who do this. Uh, and have, obviously, vendors who you know do the sub-vendors and contractors who do this work. But I do think it's going to be a growing trend.
1: Yeah, and we, we certainly see that in the industry. But usually, to your point, I think it's not necessarily done by translators at all. It's done by copywriters that have some sort of a journalistic background, or uh, it's certainly an internet uh, background in their own country, and very much in tune with... Not only the local brands and how to speak about them, but also the events associated with such a brand or, or or business area, you know, so that they can link some of their content to what's happening in their own country and locally.
0: It's kind of like you need three different people in your right. in your team for this, if not four. So you need a local marketer who can manage all of this work and decide what, Pieces are we going to send to which type of vendor? You need an SEO strategist who can determine which keywords are the most important for that market. You need a freelance writer or several to actually write using those keywords and linking to the right sources and doing all the SEO work that has to be done. And you also need the translation team right. because there might be times when you need certain aspects of it translated or portions translated or entire posts translated. So you kind of need to build out a more robust and diverse skill set in your marketing team.
1: All right. And so in your case at HubSpot, like who decides what gets created versus translated, I guess?
0: Yes. So at HubSpot, our local marketers are the ultimate owners of their market and they would be the ones who decide this because they know what's best for their market and for their goals that they're trying to achieve. I would say generally, whoever has the budget is the decider. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. is like whoever's paying ultimately can make whatever call they like, even Follow if, the money you know right. We might not always, you know even agree with a decision that somebody makes for doing something natively versus localizing, you know as as localization teams. You know, we might not always think that's the right call, but we always have to align with whatever is being decided and whoever the budgetary owner is. So if another team, and I'm not just talking about HubSpot here, I'm talking in Mm -hmm. general, if any team wants to spend their money on native content, great. Our team, the localization team will support that and we will even help train those writers. Like here's our style guide. Here's our terminology. Here's what right. we call these different things in these languages to make sure that we're consistent with our brand. And we will support them. We'll even review the level and the quality of the linguistic work and give our opinion. We'll help with that. We we help with many things in that regard. But ultimately, we are agnostic in terms of what marketers want to do in their markets. We basically say, look, we're not here to push localization onto you. Right. We are here yeah. to support you. And sometimes you let teams uh, make mistakes and fail at things too, so mm-hmm. that they learn for themselves, but that's okay. I think every marketer should have the opportunity and it's their money. They should be able to spend it how they wish. And that's how you build a good partnership and a, a good team approach is you trust them to make decisions and you support them with the advice that you can. And ultimately, uh, they'll see if they get value for those investments.
1: Yeah. So, so mainly really making sure that you try to maintain a global tone of voice while giving them that local creativity in this case. And that's the ultimate goal in this case. Great. Okay, we're coming to the end of our conversation. Thanks very much, uh, Natalie, for joining us there. This is kind of a, a growing topic that we're seeing in the, in, in the industry from a lot of different people there, so certainly want to watch. So thanks very much for joining us.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.